Caroline Dowd Higgins, host of Your Working Life, my podcast featuring thought leaders in the career and personal growth arena with wisdom to help you thrive. This podcast provides you with tools, inspiration, and resources so you can enjoy your career and love your life. And today, I'm delighted to welcome my very special guest to the show, Lee McEnany Carraher. Lee, welcome to the show. Caroline, thank you so much for having me. What an honor. Oh, I'm really excited to dive into a juicy conversation about your new book. But let me tell our global listening audience all about you. Lee Carraher is the founder and CEO of Double Forte, a national public relations and digital media agency based in San Francisco that works with beloved consumer technology and wine brands. Lee is a highly sought after communications expert known for her business building and and insights in her latest book, The Boomerang Principle, Inspire Lifetime Loyalty from Your Employees, is now available. And Lee, I'm so excited to dive into a conversation about your book. Tell us more about The Boomerang Principle and why companies really need to embrace it. Sure. The boomerang principle is that those organizations that allow and encourage former employees to return have a strategic advantage over those that don't. And I came up with this boomerang principle uh, a while ago and I've deployed it in my business, which is now almost 15 years old, um, to uh, help us be more, more strategic, more sustainable, and a happier workplace. Um, and my real, my whole goal with my book is to help other companies do the same, um, so that they can have more sustainability with less um, rest, less friction, and that people who go to work for these companies can, you know, sort of flow through those companies, be very valuable, pro, you know, progress on their own career paths, and have options to return to their former employers when it makes sense. You know, as a career development and leadership coach, that's just music to my ears because I think (laughs) it really is because I think talent does transition a lot more frequently in this day and age. And I think we need to honor the comeback because it's not only good for business and knowledge transfer, it is a reality. So how Mm -hmm. wonderful that you're really shining an important spotlight on this. Is it viable for companies of varying sizes or do you see this predominantly at the enterprise level? I think it works for any size company. My company is small. We are 35 people. Um, and over 15 years, we have rehired 17 people um, and four of those people twice. So there are four people who have been, who are either at Double Forte now for their second or third term um, or have been here, you know, three times. Um, and at the very at the at the scale at enterprise 10,000 20,000 100,000 people it works just as well right it it has scalability and i think what you talked about earlier you know this is now the time we have to embrace this the reason i wrote this book was inspired to write this book because my first book, which was called Millennials in Management, The Essential Guide to Making It Work at Work, I had so many interviews with people who were um, my age or older, I'm the last year of Boomer, who were just so disenchanted with millennials. Um, and they kept saying, you know, these millennials are job hoppers, they're terrible, there's no loyalty. And, um, you know, they're dead to me once they leave me. And my point of view is if if your former employees are dead to you once they leave you, you are working way too hard hard to find new employees. So I set out to try to help people do that. I love it. I love it. Let's talk a little more deeply about why honoring those past employees, those alumni, if you will, Mm -hmm. can really help build strong businesses. Sure. Well, I think, um, 
you know, when we honor people who have been with us in whatever they're doing today, um, there's many mechanisms to do that, right? With an alumni program or, you know, within internal communication uh, with your employers. It's take, you know, much like a college does, right? A college takes uh, credit, basically, for anybody who has graduated from their institution's achievement. Right. Uh, and we can do the same, right? If we are um, creating companies that are of, of any value, we are creating places where people learn and then can go apply their, their knowledge that they gained with us and to our advantage, obviously, when they work for us and other places. So if we, uh, by definition, you you know, if we, we honor those people who have left us achievements, we are getting the halo effect back at us, right? It was worthy of this person who has achieved well to come to our company, to stay here one, two, ten years, whatever it is. And they found value in it as evidenced by their current achievement. Um, I think that it is fallacy to un- to think that we can satisfy every, every employee's own personal career goals within the confines of our business uh, at any one time. But it's not fallacy to think that we can be valuable to those employees for their entire lives. And that's really what um, I'm trying to help people understand. So the the exit strategy, if you will, now mm-hmm. is uh, really needs to be intentional. So let's say oh, yeah. someone is is leaving an organization that they really cherish, but their room for growth is limited. So mm-hmm. they want to go out into the world and gain new experiences. But how do you leave so you can boomerang back? Yeah. Well, the first thing is don't be a dummy, right? <laughs> Good, good, good you advice. Are, you are in control of how you leave. You are in control of your own actions and your own intention, and you're in control of. Uh, sometimes that means you're taking, you know, putting on, strapping on that oxygen tank so you can take the high road. I get it. Do it. So what that means is, you know, wrap before you give your notice, wrap things up in a bow, be ready to be walked out that day. You might be walked out. If you're in a highly competitive situation, you're going to a competitor, you might be walked out. But don't leave your team hanging. Don't leave like lots of loose ends. Write a memo. Even if you don't use it and you're not walked out, write a memo that says, here's everything I'm working on right now. Here are the due dates. Don't let this slide. Here are the dependencies. Here's my recommendation for my team. You know, Sally's doing well. Her reviews in three months. Don't let it slide. You know, whatever it is, wrap it all up in a bow. They may not pay attention to you. They may be pissed. But do the right thing. But do the right thing. And the other piece is, you know, don't do dumb stuff, right? Don't don't steal, Uh, you know. People, companies, uh, people who steal things from their former employers as they leave, you know, that per- creates a lot of business for companies like mine, but it's dumb, right? It's just, it's a ridiculous use of resources. So don't steal. Don't take things that the company owns with you. Um, say thank you. Make sure that you're connected with everybody on um, on LinkedIn. And I, I really encourage people to write personal notes to the people that made a difference for them. Um, when they were there. So it could be the janitor and it could be the CEO, but write a personal note thanking them for their time and their effort and their relationship um, and hoping that, you know, over time you can maintain it. Um, It's up to you to be boomerang um, ready, right? Mm. Boomerang eligible. (laughs) Um, And those things, um, that's just good business because you don't know where any of those people are going to, your teammates are going to end up you don't know they're all might they're all going to leave too. You know, when you hire someone, you know they're going to leave you. Right. It happens. The only to stay here is me. So, you know, uh if we th- if we hire with the end in mind, 
Um, and we we start a job with an end in mind. It says, you know, you start a job with hope that you're going to be there for a long time, learn a lot of stuff and have a good experience and be able to contribute. But today, millennials know that they're going to be working much longer than um, their parents thought they were going to work. Right. 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 You know, we're really thinking people are going to be working into their 70s. Uh, millennials might have six, seven, eight different careers and may have up to 17 jobs over their whole lives. So it'd be fallacy to think that one company and one team could hold that person over their entire life. But it is not fallacy to imagine that the people that you meet along the way can be as valuable or could be collaborators for your entire career. Lee, you've done a lot of great work understanding what makes millennials thrive in your your other book and, and all of the great content that you've created. And you say it's not entitlement, it's power. So tell us more. I really reject the whole concept that the entire millennial generation, 80 million people, is entitled. <laughs> it's really statistically impossible. Agreed. Right? Agreed. Um, and I think they have been conditioned by um, their upbringing, by technology, and by, excuse me, the education system in our country. So, um, you know, they have so much knowledge, and they're able to do so many things that we are not able to do. I mean, I'm... I'm like I said, the last year of Boomer, um, because of how they've grown up, we had to learn it. They, it's natural to them. So I also think that um, they're not asking for something that we all don't want. Who doesn't want to matter at work? Who doesn't want to have an important role? Who doesn't want to make a difference? We all want to do these things. We just never talked about it, right? Um, at the same time, they are, grew up in a very uh, flat-lined sort of organization. Uh, boomers and Xers grew up in a very hierarchical situation with technology and the Internet and having phones in everybody's hands. You know, I'm pretty confident someone's going to get born with a phone attached to their hand. Um, <laughs> but, you know, these phones have more power than went to the moon. Yes, right? yes, and they do. With their in their hand, they can tweet at anybody in the world, they can email anybody in the world, and they can have access or at least the impression that they have access to any information in the world. Um, and those of us who are older uh, had to earn that right to know, right, had to earn that right to walk into an office. And this is not their expectation. Their expectation is I can uh, – it's very flat um, – and I can make a difference and I can tweet at somebody and someone will make a difference in their policy. Well, that obviously has impact in the workplace. It's not um, – and this is where a lot of the friction comes uh, between the generations. And I think if we can just uh, take a step back and provide context for why this role is important, why uh, if you don't do your job, no one gets their job done. Uh, if we can make sure people understand that and provide the context that we all do better with, um, it makes things much easier between the generations in the workplace. Thank you so much for your clarity on that. I, too, believe that millennials are misunderstood. And the mm. reality is they are soon approaching 50 percent of our workforce. They mm. are the succession plan for leadership. Yeah. And I believe it's an incumbent. It is incumbent upon us who are older and wiser and the generations before them to coach and groom them and help them assume these leadership roles. And frankly, I learn a lot from them as well. Yeah, well, absolutely. And, you know, a business without a millennial is a business without a future. Yeah. So yeah. stop beating your head against the wall, right? And uh, make it easier on yourself. Well said. So tell me about the fundamentals of a valuable alumni program, because I know we've got a lot listening, uh, our global audience saying, okay, so how do I get this started? This is a new yeah. concept. Where do I begin? 
It is a new concept. Some of the uh, there are companies who are doing it really well right now, and those include the big consulting firms like McKinsey, Bain, yeah. PwC, uh, Deloitte, um, and McKinsey really is the gold standard. Um, the first thing you need to do is create a private network, right? And you can do that on Facebook within in a private group, or if you're a large organization and can um, put some resources to it, create your own private network, you know, behind a code online and where you can have people gather electronically, right? I recommend against LinkedIn uh, for this because it's not uh, as lockdownable as right. Facebook is. Um, that's the first thing. The second second thing is to create um, a regular stream of communication to them. So one is uh, by email. So most of our, at least the employees we have in the last 10 years, we have their private emails because we get them when they come into the company, right? Right. Um, and just start building it over time, right? It's, you know, even if you have one former employee or 10,000 former employees, you got to start somewhere. Um, and Start a monthly email to them that just keeps people apprised of what's going on at the company. And if you can extend some, um, you know, friends and family bonuses or coupons or accessible to training or whatever that is, that's also a good thing. Provide, uh, you know, what McKenzie does a great job of is they have monthly or bi-monthly every other week, so bi-weekly, I guess, um, meetings online of webinars of the of the research that they pre- that they create in their institute for all their former employees, regardless of where they are. So there are things that you do in your company that you know for your internal teams that you can extend to your former employees, even if they're competitors, by just cleaning up those documents a little bit, right? Um, so something that's, you know, learning, constant learning is something that everybody finds valuable. Uh, people find it more valuable the older they get, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then um, also what I like to do is when I'm looking for somebody new, the first place I go is I post that job in my private network. I'm looking for, here's an j- open job, Rick. Does anybody know anybody? number one. And then I go look and see who's in that network. I'm like, you know what? Joe would be good for this yeah, job. And, there, and I call there Joe. He is. Yeah. You know? And if Joe's not interested, but he gives me somebody who takes the job, I actually give Joe the same amount of money that I would give an in- internal person who found me the recruit. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't cost me any more money, right? I'm saving lots of money in recruiting fees. Um, and if you, and by doing that, what you're doing is building um, an, an ever-growing alumni group who is your advocate who's saying, you know what, Sally, you should take that job. You would learn a lot there. You know, go there, be there for four or five years. Man, that's going to be great on your on your resume. Uh, and the more you can do that and create that um, extended relationship with someone, even if you're not paying them, that's where the loyalty comes in. And that's, you know, it's this mutual relationship that you manage. So there's lots and lots of alumni programs, alumni groups, they call them, on LinkedIn, but they're really managed by rogue empl- ex-employees, you know? I Not love the company. the loyalty factor that you mentioned, though, because in, in so many traditional organizations where they haven't created alumni programs mm-hmm. or boomerang programs, loyalty's out the window, right? Yeah, it it, it window. leaves when you go. So I you think... You're putting money on the table, leaving yeah. on the table. Absolutely. And I think, you know, if we only equate loyalty to when we're paying people, that's not really loyalty. I agree. I agree. So you talk a lot about how companies must embrace being talent brands. Tell me mm-hmm. more. 
So we talk about now is sort of great places to work, and there are lots and lots of lists of this all over the country, you know, 100 plus places to work, mm-hmm. 10 like, greatest agencies to work. In fact, Double Forte was just named one of the top five agencies under 80 people to work in the North America, well which is a great honor. But, um, you know, but what they talk about, they talk about our culture, and they talk about our benefits, and they talk about the interesting things we do that are perks. And that's really, you know, that's wonderful, and we do those things on purpose, right? But a talent brand... But it also, with the benefit of being, you know, the benefit is of being a best place to work is that it's easier to recruit, right? We have a lot of people who want to come work for us because we're best place to work. Uh, you get everybody in that range. You get everybody at the bottom, and you get, you know, not as many top ten percenters come to those are attracted by that, but a lot of the under fifty percenters are. Um, a talent brand. But it does make recruiting easier, so it's valuable to do. A talent brand is a place known for where great people work, where your talent is the best talent you have. Ta- people who have great personal brands choose to work at these talent brands because it means something uh, on their resume. It is like a bumper sticker on their career. And it's a, it is a, um, it's a nuance, right, from being a best place to work to being a place where great people work. But it's an important nuance, particularly as we think about everybody wants the best talent. Everybody wants the top 30% of talent. And by definition, the top 30% is a definable and uh, non-expanding group, right? Right, right. (laughs) So how we compete for that in the era of time where employees know they have to craft their own careers and they should not count on a company to hold their career for their entire lives is that – employers need to attract that top 10, 15, 20%, 30% who can choose where they work. And a talent brand is those companies that the best people choose to work with. Love it. Thank you for that distinction and that definition. Lee, what a joy to have you on the show. Your incredible book is The Boomerang Principle, Inspire Lifetime Loyalty from Your Employees. So tell us, how do we buy the book and how do we follow you out in the social media sphere? Sure. Well, my book is in bookstores, uh, Independent and Barnes and & Noble, and you can also find it online at Amazon, IndieBound, and BarnesandNoble.com. Uh, retailers near you, I guess. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you can also go to my website, www.leecarraher.com, L-E-E-C-A-R-A-H-E-R.com. You can find my books there, and you can find my I blog on this topic as well. You can also get links to my agency, Double Forte, from there. Um, and on social media, you can find follow me many places. I'm easy to find. Uh, at Lee Carraher for Twitter and LinkedIn and uh, Lee Carraher one for Facebook. Lee, your joy. I wish you continued success. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and expertise today. And I hope our paths cross again soon. I do too, Caroline. Thank you so much for having me. What an honor to be with you. Thank you, dear. Be well. And I want to thank all of you for tuning in to Your Working Life, where my goal is to help you design your career destiny so it doesn't happen by default. The show is now available on iTunes, YouTube, and Stitcher. Be sure to subscribe so you get new shows every week and leave a comment so I can understand what you want to hear about next. I'm Caroline Dowd-Higgins. Take good care.